Welcome to the Middle East Update with Amir Serfati. Amir discusses the latest news from Israel and the region through the lens of biblical prophecy. The original video versions can be found on Behold Israel's YouTube and Facebook channels. To make it convenient, we've converted them to audio format to keep up with your busy schedule. Be sure to also subscribe to Amir Serfati on Telegram for daily updates from the Middle East. Amir's Middle East updates are based on the latest and most reliable sources, so you know you're getting the most accurate news. Now, on to the update. Shalom, everyone, and good evening from Galilee, from Israel. This is Amir Tsarfati, and I'm here for a special Middle East update on the war in Israel. And uh, before we dive into the very unfortunate uh, report that I have here, um, let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are and for your sovereignty and we know that uh, a lot of things have happened in the last few days but you definitely did not lose control so father help us to understand help us to see you in all of this and help us to bring comfort to those who need comfort right now we thank you we bless you we believe in you we trust you we put our hope in you and we love you and we do that because of and for the sake of uh, the matchless name of our lord our savior yeshua mashiach we pray in his name amen so shalom everyone this is amir tsarfati again this is uh, a special middle east update on the war in israel and i'm going to talk about everything because uh, unfortunately there is too much misinformation and disinformation that is all over and unfortunately many christians are falling into that trap and uh, a lot of people uh, don't understand what is going on before i will continue I'll just uh, give you a report that uh, just uh, five minutes ago a shooting incident in uh, the uh, area of the old city of jerusalem uh, the terrorist was uh, neutralized this is uh, probably in a regular normal day. It will make big news. It will be the only thing we talk about today. It's probably the least of all things that happen. And I'll talk about the fact that we had uh, rockets that were fired from Lebanon today. We had barrages from the south. But we also had an Israeli airstrike today on two major airports in Syria, one in Damascus and the other one in Aleppo. We literally destroyed the runways of both airports and we disabled them from having flights taking off or uh, landing. So we will talk about it all, but first let me try and explain what exactly happened on the morning of October 7th. Because to be honest with you, a lot of people, a lot of people, because of the shock, um, and, and I, I am one of them, you know, when in the beginning, I, I couldn't believe that uh, things like that happen so easily. And so, of course, I was very open to a lot of conspiracy theories. But, but eventually, when I learned what really happened, I was even more shocked. Because it seems like 50 years after the Yom Kippur War, exactly on the day, 50 years, and the Israeli intelligence made the exact same mistake. There is no other way to hide it or to present it. Uh, there is no beautifying it. There is no covering up. We had a colossal failure in our collection of data and intelligence and more so in the way we interpreted what we see in the evening before. So let me first tell you that it didn't come out of nowhere. Some very suspicious movements were already detected the night before on Friday evening, October the 6th, which was exactly 50 years to the breaking of Yom Kippur War. The um, unusual movement of Hamas people, the unusual movement and deployment of 
uh, snipers and of other operatives brought us to believe that something big is planned. However, what the intelligence gathered or concluded that night that it could be another exercise of Hamas because Hamas was conducting exercises assimilating, believe it or not, exactly what they did. Now, the phone rang in the offices of many officers the night before, and it was brought to the attention of the chief of staff, the, the top commander, and uh, apparently not only to him, but also to the knowledge of the head of the Secret Service. They knew about it during the night. However, the um, military liaison officer to the prime minister received his phone call only at 6 a.m. And Netanyahu received his phone call right when it all happened, when it started at 6.30 a.m. He immediately rushed to the underground control center in Tel Aviv to understand what is going on. And let me now explain to you what really happened on that morning that caused the horrific delay in response of the Israeli military. What the Hamas did, they fired exactly at 6.30 a barrage of rockets to Tel Aviv and towards uh, cities all around, but at the same time, mortars, which are much shorter range, to the Israeli settlements right beyond the border. And under the auspices of all of this shelling, they simultaneously did two things. And listen carefully what happened, because this is, I must confess, they impressed me. Um, snipers um, all along disabled, with, they shot at the Israeli cameras and 140 bomb-dropping drones were launched towards all the Israeli outposts along the border where we have the command and control centers to watch the data from the cameras and to navigate this, the forces, where to go and what is suspicious and what's going on. So the eyes and the ears of the Israeli military that are spread all along the border were basically neutralized in the first five minutes of this operation. And then Hamas breached the wall in 15 different locations using very powerful explosives. And again, there are booms everywhere because of the mortar shells and because of the rockets. And this is the point where they are also marked to their gliders. These are gliders with terrorists on top of them to take off and to start landing in open areas in where the music festival took place. Hamas had very, very detailed information because we found the maps and all the uh, entire file with all the details. We found everything. They had details on every Israeli settlement. They knew about the um, Israeli festival that was their music festivals held in Israel, by the way, are apparently, I learned, very popular among people who love outdoors parties. They attract people from all over the world. And that will explain to you in a few minutes, I'll tell you, that over 15 different nationalities were among the fatalities and uh, the ab abductees. Now, let me tell you what happened because this is where the carnage began. And I, I can tell you that in all my years, and I've covered a lot of very, very bad things in my whole life. I was witness to some and I covered others. I was in America during 9-11. I've seen stuff in my life. 
never and i also studied very uh, in depth the events of the holocaust of world war ii and world war ii is not just the holocaust in europe but there were also terrible atrocities done in in asia and other places and i don't remember i don't remember seeing or reading or hearing anything even close to what i'm about to tell you so first of all i'm talking about three different directions that the terrorist went a group of them went to the military bases including the headquarters of the idf of all of that region they slaughtered remember it started with a bomb dropping drones that actually already killed few everybody is in shock then they made it in and literally slaughtered every single soldier then they moved to tanks that they were around and they dropped bombs on tanks as well and they pulled some of the tanks uh crew some of them were dead some of them were uh, barely alive, and they dragged them into Gaza. And then the other, and again, that's one thing, the squads that were dealing with the military. Another squad was dealing with the Israeli settlements. They had maps of each and every one of them. They knew where there is military presence in each of one of the Israeli settlements, so that they went there first. And then they literally entered towns and villages, entered into houses, and this is where the most terrible carnage uh, took place. At the same time, and I will get back to that in a few seconds. At the same time, remember the gliders and remember uh, the third wing of, of, of terrorists. They were on their way to the party. That music festival, Nova, um, attracted nearly 8,000 people. And next to it, not too far, there was a private party for invitees only. Very, very small, secluded, or probably maybe 100, 150 people, and you could only know where it is an hour before. It was like a private party in one place, a massive festival in another place. Both were surrounded, trapped. Now, it all began, remember, the barrage of rockets already caused everyone to start running towards their cars. The terrorists waited for them, pretending to be some sort of a block, a block of police or, or security forces. And as the cars started piling up in a long, long traffic jam, they started driving along and literally spraying every single car and killed roughly 150 people just there inside the cars. Another group of terrorists in that party circled the people that they captured with motorcycles and they began to shoot at them as they were circling them as they're trapped. Many of the thousands of the people that were hiding and running away, many of them were injured and they hopped into whatever ditch they found and hole in the ground and bushes and they were hiding. Some of them pretended to be dead. I know of some, my daughter's friends, who actually took blood from where their injury was and they put it on their head as if they're dead and pretended to be dead. Some of them were actually killed when the terrorist went again and made sure that everybody is indeed dead. They shot many of them once again. And then, of course, we found out later in the interrogation of many of them, that one of the targets was to uh, take as many young girls as they can also to rape them first. They call it to make them dirty almost as if it's a commandment it's a must it's it's like something they are proud of uh raping them repeatedly and then 
killing them and parading them in the streets of Gaza. But this is not the only thing they did. I heard today a testimony of a, a person that was called to that area to help removing and uh, taking the, or, you know, extract, extracting the, the bodies. And uh, he was handed a bag. And he asked, they asked, uh, so is that the little boy? What is a little boy doing in this party? And he was told, that's not a boy. That's not a little baby. This is one person. And when they opened the bag, it was a person that was completely dismembered. The hands, the legs, and the head were all chopped off. Now, if that's not enough, the, the real carnage uh, took new heights in the uh, Jewish settlements around uh, the, near the fence, about two, three kilometers from the fence. At that time already, Hamas called anyone who wants from the Gazans who were, look, in a, they were on a high. They thought, wow, what a victory. Hamas literally opened wide enough uh, opening in the fence for civilians, for the most part, young people. But anyone, anyone who wanted could walk through the fence, hop on one of the cars, get to the Israeli settlement, and do whatever he wants to the Israelis. They used axes. They used uh, chemicals to burn bodies. They used tires. They actually went to cars, removed the tires, and they put the tires around bodies and they burned them. And the most horrific thing we found is that parents were tied together from what we were told by eyewitnesses. They were forced to watch the beheading of their children. Before, obviously, before that, the children were tortured and then beheaded, and then the, the parents were burned to death, burned alive. We found beheaded children. We found 40 babies that were either burned or beheaded. In some cases, the baby is in his crib, just full of blood. They slaughtered, dismembered, beheaded, burned alive, and sadistically tortured both people that are alive and dead corpse. Any young woman in those settlements was repeatedly raped for at least a couple hours, and then, then was shot to death or was actually dragged into Gaza. And uh, where was the military, you're probably asking? Where were the Israeli security forces? So let me explain to you what happened. When the initial attack took place, almost every soldier along the fence was slaughtered. And every camera was disabled. So there was almost zero information in the higher commands as for what is really going on there. And believe it or not, most of the information we had was from live broadcasts of the terrorists and the civilians that were proudly doing Facebook Live or on TikTok was the most, yes, of the way they sadistically tortured, beheaded, killed, burned, raped. You cannot deny that because they, they, they themselves recorded all of that. We have, we have obtained everything from those companies, from TikTok and from Facebook and from Twitter and Instagram. We have it all. So we know exactly who to look for, by the way. And uh, again, the problem was that the immediate forces were not there. 
So any, any person who is a member of the security forces who understood in the first 30 minutes that something terrible is going on, left his home and rushed to the scene. People with almost bare hands or with just a pistol in their hand were fighting dozens of terrorists. Now, when I say dozens, altogether, we estimate roughly 2,000 people that entered into the area, of which there's about 1,200 armed terrorists and roughly 800 uh, civilians that did <laughs> as much damage and carnage as the armed uh, terrorists, both. And uh, so we're, when we're talking about 2,000 people in such a small area, they were everywhere. There were like flies everywhere. Fire was fired from everywhere. People were surrounded everywhere. It was carnage in levels and ways that we have never seen before. Never seen before. Again, bodies were chopped to pieces. And again, adult people, as I said before, adult people were actually brought to the area where we collected all the bodies in bags that are small because everything was in a small bag. Their hands, their legs, their body, their head, everything was detached. Some of the bodies after two hours, three hours, or five hours after they, you know, when they were found, they were already swollen and completely disfigured. And um, the reports of the, the policemen and the civilians that helped were that they, they were throwing up every time they found a body because one was worse than the other. Carnage that even ISIS can learn from. Carnage that brings us back to the Holocaust when Jews were killed because they're Jews and when they were selected to be tortured and paraded publicly because they're Jews, not because of anything else. None of the people in that party did anything wrong to the Palestinians ever. And yet all of them were slaughtered. None of the babies did anything wrong. We have babies that were kidnapped without their parents. The parents were killed. The baby was taken. If you, by the way, want to see all the horrific footage, I, I cannot put it here because this video will be flagged by YouTube and by Facebook and you won't be able to see anything from this whole thing. So this is exactly why I open a Telegram channel. Over there, I can post everything. I can say everything and it won't be flagged. So if you want to go on Telegram, Go, uh, I'll put on the screen right now, a bar, uh, this is a QR code, just scan this with your phone if you're watching it now on a television or later on, watch it on television and scan it with your phone and please join my Telegram channel because only there I can say what really happened and show you what really happened and explain what really happened. This is the only way every time I try to put something on on Instagram and being flagged when I try to put something on Facebook or even on YouTube, automatically, I don't think it's human. I think it's uh, probably uh, some sort of uh, algorithm that is blocking you. And there is no way you can show this thing. Now, why is it so important for me to tell you what exactly happened? And why is it important to the state of Israel for the first time? Israel never, ever shared before footage like that on social media. Never. But the reason why I share and the state of Israel is sharing, it's because, believe it or not, people all around the world began to doubt if anything of that has even happened. Now, I never truly understood how come there are Holocaust deniers in this world when that, you know, when that carnage was so well documented. But you can say that these are old photos and maybe they were forged and God knows. Today, we have the videos, we have the footage, we have the audio messages, we have everything. And still people doubt it. Unbelievable. So where are we today? What is going on today? Where, what happened since October 7th 
And where are we today? So let's make it very, very clear. We had a colossal failure on October 7th, and everyone admits that. From the top of the generals to the least of the people on the ground, we all agree that this plan of Hamas that apparently they've been working on for over a year, sometimes in some documents we found from October 22. So we found the documents, but documents are already written way after you began to plot. So the plot began a year and a half ago. The battle plan typed and made ready October of 22. So you can imagine the whole time that Hamas was not firing rockets and Hamas was just having some demonstrations and all of that, and the whole world told us, just let them have more people working in Israel and the, the pressure on Hamas will reduce and then they will not do anything. All of that was fake. They've been plotting and planning that for the longest time. And now, listen to this, now comes the astonishing thing that we just realized. Almost every Palestinian worker that we allowed to work in Israel so he can get money to provide for his family was actually on a, a mission of Hamas to collect information. In fact, the day before, some a rabbi just said, I, I, I now understand I got phone calls from my workers asking me, so how are you getting ready for the holiday? Will all the yeshiva boys be in the place during tomorrow's uh, assembly and all? Listen, apparently they gathered information as they were working. They gathered information as they were demonstrating and they gathered information while they while Israel was just thinking that everything is okay. Now, make no mistake, there were no alerts from any Egyptians that a specific military operation is on the way. In fact, the opposite is true. The Egyptians were always telling us that we need to let more Gazans go to work or else the situation will explode. They were not talking about a specific operation that has been planned for the longest time. They were talking about consequences of the you know, hard economic situation and uh, you know, don't keep them from working, get more people to go out and work. So they were not talking about anything even remotely close to this one. No one warned us. If anything, the only thing that we suspected is because of our own intelligence from the night before. But again, the intelligence in, that we had was not interpreted well and was not causing or did not cause anyone to deploy heavy forces just in case. They took their time. They thought, hey, well, something suspicious. Maybe tomorrow we'll talk about that. No one could see it coming, and everyone should have seen it coming. So colossal failure. We all understand that. We all agree. And the delay in response was partially because all the soldiers in the area were slaughtered, but also because when the events began and information started coming, the central command in Tel Aviv was absolutely convinced that this is a distraction for something much bigger that is coming from the north. And therefore, many of the special units were actually taken directly to the northern border, expecting a much bigger thing coming from the north, from Hezbollah. In fact, everything that happened in the surroundings of Gaza is the nightmare and the worst scenario we had in our mind concerning northern Israel. So here we are expecting the worst from the north and it happened to us in the south. We thought Hamas was deterred after what we did to the Islamic Jihad twice. We thought that um, if we give them jobs, it'll be okay. Everything was proved wrong. 
they were never there to have peace. They were never there to seek for any um, any quiet time. They were not there for anything but reaching the moment where they can perform the deadliest terrorist attack this country has ever experienced. I also want to tell you that for the 12 or 1300 dead that we already have and the numbers will rise because we find dead bodies almost every day. You understand with, when 8,000 people run away and they take uh, cover somewhere, you know, many of them were found by the terrorists and they were killed by the terrorists and we still haven't found those bodies. We still have quite a few missing people that we don't know whether they were abducted or they're dead somewhere. In fact, today we found a few Thai workers that for the last almost six days were hiding, thinking that it's not over yet. So those type of things are still um, going on right now. Now, let me tell you what is going on right now. We're having a multi-front uh, war right now. One of them is completely under Israeli control and Israeli domination in the air and the ground. And I'm talking about Gaza right now. But the other two are the Syrian and the Lebanese front. And that is exactly why the United States understood that they need to bring close to Israel or to the shores of Israel, um, USS Gerald Ford, the largest um, carrier with 75 uh, F-18s and F-16s. And we're also talking about the USS Roosevelt that is making its way also to Israel right now. We're talking about B-52s that are already in Israel. We're talking about transport uh, cargo planes loaded with missiles and munitions for the Iron Dome, as well as bunker busters and other very important and precise ammunition. Um, and um, that, I, I mean, when I landed yesterday, I saw uh, Polish military transport planes, Czech military passport, uh, transport planes, and of course, US ones. So the US is mobilizing from many areas, um, stuff that they maybe had already close by intended to go to Ukraine. And um, it's now coming all the way here. Now, Israel's strategy right now, first on the political side, today a new government will be sworn. Uh, in fact, we enlarged the government. We created a national emergency government with where we added another big party uh, to for two reasons. One, to create a massive um massive uh, uh, majority uh, represented when we come to take such important decisions, but also to broadcast both to the Israelis and to the world that there is a wide consensus and a wide unity, strong unity, resilience, perseverance in Israel. I've never seen anything like that. Every single soldier reported back to, its, to his unit and everyone who is abroad took the first flight back. The planes are loaded with Israelis returning back. The largest mobilization of reserve soldiers in the history of Israel, it's even exceeded the one of the Yom Kippur War. 400,000 Israelis made it to their units. It takes few days to give them weapons, equipment, to train them back to make sure the weapons are okay and all of that. And then to go and study the plans for what is coming. And I believe that a ground maneuver will begin in Gaza. As soon as we are ready with what we do right now from the air. Right now, Israel is engaged in creating an area in Northern Gaza that is free of people. We're letting one neighborhood after another we're dropping leaflets or we are calling them and we're telling them, look, evacuate your houses because much of it is going to be destroyed. Israel is coming in. 
Now, you're probably asking me, what about the 13 or 1400 Palestinians dead? Well, let me tell you something. Before I'll tell you that, I forgot to tell you that for Israel, 1300 dead for 10, for, for 10 million people equals to over 30,000 people dead in America's 9-11 attack. Can you imagine that in America on 9-11, 30,000, not 3,500, not four, not 5,000, 40 to 50,000 would have been dead. Now tell me what the response would have been, what the response from all over the world. Now, now remember, it was just airplanes that are hitting the ground and just, and just that's it, hitting buildings and hitting the ground. None of that was an ongoing torture and slaughter and beheading and cutting and dismembering and burning and what happened in Israel was even more gruesome that you can imagine. Now let me tell you that in Gaza we dropped hundreds of tons of explosives. We flattened huge areas. Now if we would have been targeting civilians there would have been at least 50,000 dead right now. And how many we have? Less than 1,500. Why? Because even now, we're only targeting terrorists. The difference between how we targeted them before and how we target them now is that today, we don't care who is around them. As far as we're concerned, we're telling all the terrorists, if you don't want your family to get hurt, if you don't want your friends to get hurt, if you don't want your doctor to get hurt, I don't care who, then don't be next to him because every terrorist is the target. The terrorists are the targets, not civilians. Ladies and gentlemen, if again, if we would have dropped those bombs on populated buildings, there would have been over 50,000 casualties, maybe more. But again, all those buildings that you see falling one after the other, for the most part are empty buildings because we told them in advance to evacuate. And all of these people are now in shelters, bomb shelters, and in schools of the United Nations Work and Relief Association. So, <laughs> and again, I want to remind you, it wasn't just the terrorists that did those atrocities. It was civilians as well. And Hamas is admitting. In fact, Hamas just a few hours ago said, we did not kill anyone. It's those civilians that entered, they killed everyone. You know, they just threw their own people under the bus. Now, of course, it's not true because we have footage of everything that happened. You have security cameras in every house in Israel, in every kibbutz, in every settlement, every town. We saw them shooting and executing and killing and, and beheading. We saw them. We know exactly who did what. The Air Force commander said, we have everybody's name and photo, and we're hunting them one by one. It'll take some time. But again, the difference is that today the gloves were taken off. We're no longer surgically hitting them only, but we are after them and after everyone that is sheltering them. So that is where we are right now. Israel is going to flatten northern Gaza and then the ground maneuver will begin and we will then find tunnels, booby trap houses and storage of every possible thing that they did. Look, what they did since Israel left Gaza in 2005 is just creating this place to be um, a place of death. That's what they did. They had all the chances in the world to turn Gaza into something amazing. One of the most beautiful beaches along the Mediterranean is the one in Gaza. But that's it. All the wealthy people built their mansions near there, and they created the rest of the Gaza Strip to be a place where they hide their rockets and their explosives under the ground and all around schools all around clinics and hospitals. As I speak right now, all the heads of Hamas, guess where they are? 
I will tell you where they are because we know exactly. They are underneath the main hospital of Gaza. That's where they are. They know that Israel is not going to destroy a whole hospital and therefore they're sheltered. This is who you're dealing with. That's what the world is dealing with. Hamas is worse than ISIS. ISIS is a group of people that is going around and killing people, but they're hiding in the desert. They're hiding or, I mean, they take over a town and that, that's it. That's theirs. Here, it's people that are hiding behind their own children, behind the children of their neighbors, underneath their hospitals, underneath their schools, underneath their uh, kindergartens. They have no regards to life. We killed 1,500 terrorists in Israel. In other words, everyone that participated in the carnage and stayed because, you know, th that's what they want. They wanted to show that they took over land. And they put the Palestinian flag on some of the military outposts. We killed them all. They're all dead. A few of them remained alive, and they're still here and there. We have incidents of today we killed three, yesterday we killed 12. So I we assessed there's about 50 of them that are at large. But for the most part, we killed all the terrorists that were in that have been infiltrated and because now they cannot go back because we already sealed the wall so in their attempt to go back we find them and kill them as well now simultaneously listen to this because now now we 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 this is the headache of the whole world not only of ours iran is of course coordinating this whole thing. I don't think the Ayatollahs knew the exact day, but they knew the plan. They knew what's going to happen. And the Ayatollahs needed money, and they got money. And this is where I am not happy with this current U.S. administration. Now, make no mistake, Israel was delighted to hear the speeches of President Biden and Secretary Blinken and the actual support that is that is extended to us. But don't forget that just a few weeks ago, it is the same administration that unfreezed $6 billion to Iran. They basically revived their credit line. And when Iran's credit line is being revived, all the terrorists' credit line are being revived as well. And so we have to understand that I hope that what we see right now is a major shift in the way this administration is thinking and operating. Now, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that the international uh, re response to this whole event was quite amazing. All over the world, we saw pictures of iconic buildings. This is the Greek parliament from today or yesterday, last night, excuse me. Um, and we see more photo, photos from other places around the world. I don't know if we have, but there is the, the Eiffel Tower and there is uh, the London uh, um, Downing 10, um, 10 Downing Street. Uh, we have also um, in the Sydney Opera House, we had bridges and townships uh, across Europe uh, in places. We've got uh, areas in Australia, New Zealand, um, quite amazing. Uh, even in the um, in the very very busiest junction of Tokyo, uh, we had a whole rally today, where they were singing, holding Israeli flags. Uh, in the uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Shinjuku crossing, um, and it was quite amazing. All over the world, people understood what happened is not just Israel's problem. The pal now, now I will say something that might anger some you, some of you. But I want you to know that it took the Palestinian Authority and their president five days to even condemn it. And even now, the condemnation is not the condemnation for this. The condemnation is for any killing of any civilian. Because they, they're basically saying even Israel is killing civilians right now. But they forgot that we are responding to a heinous attack on our own people. 
Palestinians around the world do not condemn this. In fact, there are pro-Palestinian rallies all over the world, which, by the way, finally, the world gets to understand their true nature. In France, we just heard that the very unusual, but the French government is forbidding any pro-Palestinian rally. We see that in other places, the rallies are being are met with harsh uh, police response. But believe it or not, it's in America that those rallies are the largest and the most uninterrupted. In uh, Dearborn, uh, Michigan, huge theater filled of people that are hating Israel, and none of them condemned the carnage and the massacre that happened. Online, Palestinians are justifying this by saying that Israel has done wrong to the Palestinians, all those years. I don't, do you understand what I'm saying? People justify the burning alive of babies. People are justifying the dismembering of bodies of children and the beheading of babies. How can you justify that? What in the world has happened to you guys? Have you become monsters or have you always been those? Because this anti-Jewish rhetoric has been there everywhere I see them. Even in the corridors of the US Congress, when you have those Palestinian ones, none of them condemn this. It's embedded in them this anti-Semitism, and when that liberal progressive left was fighting for them, for human rights and for Palestinian state, these are the people you were fighting for. They don't want a Palestinian state. They want the Jews dead. They don't want a Palestinian state next to Israel. They want a Palestinian state, or may I say Islam, uh, Hamas wants an Islamic state instead of Israel. Make no mistake, none of this talks that we had with them in the past were ever met any sustainable agreement because they all understand one thing. We cannot recognize an entity of Jews in the heart of an area that we think is Muslim. And by the way, if you want to know in details all of those things, Go to watch on YouTube my message, The Deception of the Nations, and see in details what it's all about. Now, let me tell you that the Iranian proxies in Iraq, in Yemen, Lebanon, and Syria are now on the highest alert. And as far as the Hezbollah is concerned, Hezbollah has one eye on Gaza but another eye on the USS Gerald Ford. Hezbollah understands that it's no longer just Israel that can respond. In fact, Secretary Blinken said to us today, you guys take care of Gaza, we'll take care of Lebanon and Hezbollah if something happens. This is amazing. Now, Israel today, as I said in the beginning, bombed the runways of Damascus International Airport and Aleppo's International Airport because we see the mobilization of militias, the Iranian militias from eastern Syria and northern Syria towards Damascus. Israel actually warned Bashar al-Assad that we will destroy Damascus and topple his government if he is going to allow them to attack us from Syria. We made it very clear. And I know that for some of you, you're saying, wait a minute, I heard about Damascus destruction somewhere in the Bible. Now, a lot of people um, wrote me and asked me, Amir, are we watching, um, are we watching um, Psalm 83? And I, you know, many, many times I told you before, Psalm 83 is a psalm that is describing in details the war of independence of Israel. It mentions countries that are already in peace with Israel, but there 
then and there they were our enemies. He talks about Jordan, Ammon, he talks about Egypt, the Hagarites, and he also talks about other places. Now, make no mistake, Israel today is not at war with any country. The war we have is with terrorist organizations that are the proxies of Iran. If there is a war with some country, it's Iran, and Iran is smart enough not to make its hands dirty. So Iran has been training these savages for many years. That was the genius act of Qasem Soleimani. And he basically created all of these proxies. And, uh, and uh, of course, um, this is uh, where we are. Now, if you want to understand the origin of the Palestinians, I have people are asking me, um, these are Arabs from other places. And again, if you want to understand more, go to my message, The Deception of the Nations. I explain where they came from. I explain how a book that you can buy to understand this whole thing. It's called From Time Immemorial. Unbelievable book written by Joe and Peters. Go and watch that message. Now, I want to also talk about uh, the fact that, as we know, the Arab world is kind of getting nervous. You have Jordan and Egypt and Turkey that are like, they've got a lot of Palestinians there and they don't want to seem as if uh, they are allowing this Gaza war to, to take place. They are claiming that there is humanitarian crisis, so they must help. Now, Israel doesn't want anyone to help the Palestinians because the whole idea is to topple Hamas with a humanitarian crisis. Uh, Hamas... Look, as long as Gaza will get help, Hamas will never disappear. And Israel made it clear that the main goal of this operation is toppling, disarming, and eradicating Hamas. This is a very ambitious uh, goal. We never had it in any other military operation before. And in order to achieve that, you cannot only bomb from the air. A land and ground maneuver is required, and for that, we first need the maximum damage from the air. So when we roll in, it is safer for our soldiers and it is easier to purify the area and control it. So ladies and gentlemen, we are ahead of weeks of battles. Let me guess that all the countries that are now on our side will at some point cave into pressure as they see footage from Gaza. And many of uh, the countries that are telling us to do whatever ne we need to do are going to flip. The international media will flip, and Israel might be condemned again. But I prefer to be condemned while I'm alive than be obedient as the dead person. So let me tell you something. What 80 to 90% of the Israelis understand today is that it's to be or not to be. Is that either us or them. We understand now that peace with them cannot happen. Psalm 120 says, when I am for peace, they are for war. So we understand that uh, this is not going to happen. Um, I believe that, again, Psalm 83, I believe, has been fulfilled in 1948. We're not seeing Jordan and Egypt both countries completely depend on Israeli gas, just so you understand. But we are seeing Iran and we're seeing its proxies and we're seeing also other countries that are really waiting for us to finish the job with radical Islam because any other Arab country around us already outlawed them. The only sponsor of Hamas is Qatar that owns Al Jazeera that works on behalf of Hamas and Israel is seeking legal ways to oust them and kick them out of here because they are literally working as the propaganda arm of Hamas right now. Um, now, um, I wanted also to talk to you about a very heartwarming thing. A couple days ago, Behold Israel sent an email with practical way to help. Uh, you guys, about 200,000 people who... who got the email. By the way, if you want to sign up for our free newsletter, take a look. There's a 
Um, there is a barcode, there's a QR code, you can scan it and uh, subscribe free of charge. We don't charge a dime for that. You don't need to do anything but put your email address and you will get a weekly um, newsletter with, uh, we pile up all the news of the week in one email. But we had a special one where we gave you a way to contribute directly to four different places that are dealing with uh, victims of the terrorist or uh, attack. And you guys were amazing. I, uh, let me show you. Um, they bought tons of food, tons of food from your money, from your donations. Now, again, behold, Israel did not take anything. Everything was directly donated to those places by you guys. You paid them directly. All we get is the thank yous and the emails and the photos, and we're sharing it with you. We believe that the less people between the donor and the receiver, the better it is. And so people bless them with food, and, and that food was then distributed to bags, and they were distributed to thousands of families that are right now without houses. And um, we are talking about a, a great way. And another thing that I want to inform you uh, is, uh, look, uh, both my kids lost uh, uh, people they know and, and their friends lost people that uh, they know. And in, in, even in my town, we, we lost a girl that was in my son's class and my, my daughter also know quite a few. But, but let me, the, the reason why I'm saying is this, most of these people are secular people. They really don't believe in God. They don't really give regards to the Bible. But my daughter is flooded with requests because they all know her. They know she's a believer and they, they ask for prayer. They ask, pray. For, we need to find this person. We need to pray for this. Pray for... It's amazing that non-believers are asking believers to pray. They understand the power of prayer. And uh, that is something that I, if you pray, this is, at least know that from this tragedy, there are some good things that are coming out. And this is one of them. Another amazing thing is that the, remember the division in Israel. Remember how Israel was torn to pieces by the demonstrations. Just a week ago, we hated each other for praying in public in Tel Aviv. And today, this country is one. The unity that I see is phenomenal. We were sure that when something happens, some of those left liberals will not show up to their military service because they threatened not to do that. Well, let me tell you something. Everybody showed up. More people showed up than we need. Their report is 130% of people who reported to their military unit. We are watching secular and ultra-Orthodox working together, crying together with zeal, determination, resilience, and perseverance that I never saw before in my country. So this is something that is quite remarkable. Now, where do I see all of this going biblically? Let me make it very clear. When you read the famous Ezekiel 38 chapter, the war of Gog from the land of Magog, you read about Russia. You read about Iran and Turkey, Sudan and Libya. You read about specific countries. Russia is not on our side on this conflict. In fact, they are not only not on our side, but they're actually operating against us. Let me tell you that we believe, we have actually information that many of the Palestinian terrorists were trained by Russian people. We, don't, we actually believe the whole uh, thing of bomb-dropping drones was actually received from there. Um, it's not something that the Iranians are uh, 
really experts in the Iranians. Remember, the Iranians always want to hit countries far away from them. They want to push the danger away from their border. So what they do, they create drones that are having very, very long range and they are explosive drones or with rockets. And that's not a drone that is flying one mile and dropping a bomb. That's something that you see in Russia and Ukraine in that war. So ladies and gentlemen, we see how Russia and Israel almost signed the divorce papers nowadays. But we also see that America is not only standing by Israel in word, but also in actions. And remember the Ezekiel war is when no one is standing on our side. So as I wrote, and as I said before, two things must happen before the Ezekiel war takes place. First, Damascus has to fall, and maybe this is the chance for it. And then, of course, something has to cause America to step down from being able to help Israel. And that is due to whatever, I don't know, collapse from within, attack from within. Your borders have been open for three years and millions of people, including quite a few terrorist cell groups, enter the country. I, I don't know. I you know one thing. America is not mentioned in Ezekiel or any country is mentioned in Ezekiel as a country that helped Israel. So we're not in Ezekiel yet. If anything, we're very close to the Isaiah 17, to the destruction of Damascus. Now, I'm not sure if Israel will destroy it, but I know that it, Damascus has to be destroyed. But I will tell you that we see all around us winds of war. And one of the things that the Iranians, the reasons the Iranians executed all of this right now, or at least wanted it to happen now, is to completely take this Israeli-Saudi deal off the table. And they want to create a humanitarian crisis in Gaza, so Israel will be accused as slaughtering Arabs and Muslims. So this is all part of the deal. One thing for sure, it will last weeks, maybe even a month or two, but I know that we will survive. I know because my Bible tells me so. I know that in every single war in the future, Israel eventually will survive, whether it's God allowing our army or whether God is doing it himself. But Israel will survive. And throughout deadly and terrible wars, we'll see the rise of the Antichrist. We'll see a false peace. And we'll also see then the most terrible persecution that will ever happen to Israel and Jewish people in the history. But through there and through then and through that, Israel eventually will be saved. We know the future. We know God's plan. There's a lot of stuff along the way that we see. The spirit of the hatred of Jewish people is not from today. It started way back when Satan understood that it is through that nation that God will eventually bring his word, the belief in him as one God, and his only begotten son. It's through Israel that God is going to do that to the rest of the world. And from the get-go of Israel as a nation, Satan was after us. And those demons can enter religious people. They can enter some armies and militaries. They can enter many. But when I saw the footage, I saw demons. I saw demon-possessed people, demonic forces. It is demonic. It is diabolic. It is the works of the enemy. But the people that are still God's people, they may not believe yet, that are still his. What if some did not believe the Bible said, will that make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. The people are still his. And eventually, we're going to overcome this. Listen, spread this. 
word and uh, share it with as many as you can. Follow me on Telegram. And uh, if possible, I, I will tell you, I can't wait to complete the new place that we're building here in Galilee to be able to report, to have a team that will help me because very challenging times are ahead of us. We're working on a place called Connect and it's gonna be in Galilee, in this Jezreel Valley. And um, I am no longer going to travel abroad. I'm staying in Israel now throughout this year and the rest of, oh, and next year. And I'm concentrating on this project. And if you wanna help us with it, you can always go to our website and donate to BI Connect. Well, again, thank you again for watching. Thank you. God bless you. And let me just give you the ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Shem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Join me in Telegram. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to help getting Connect done, go and do that. Thank you. God bless you. And Shalom from Galilee.